Good morning. It's 6 o'clock. You're tuned to 91.5 The Blessing, WHCB, Bristol, Kingsport, Johnson City. Good morning, friends. It is a Tuesday morning, and you and I have the opportunity to be here together for our prayer time, for conversation, for a little bit of study, and some prayer. If you have church news for us, or community news for us, or any kind of news for us, send it to us by way of our internet site, our website. Go to whcbradio.org, whcbradio.org, and uh, you can give us your information by email, and we are most grateful for it because that means we get to serve the public by putting the information out there. In any given year, we probably put out, oh, I don't know, 1,500, 2,000, maybe even more uh, messages of information about uh, what's going on uh, in the community, what's going on in your church. Now, yesterday, we began talking um, about the promise for you. The promise is for you. They are found in Acts chapter 2, verse 39. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And uh, R.A. Torrey is the one who's written the book on uh, the Holy Spirit, who he is and what he does. And of course that book has been reprinted and reprinted uh, from, uh, I guess, uh, the earliest part of the 20th century, I suppose. Um, R.A. Torrey spoke and wrote of uh, the law of usage showing that this phrase, the promise of the Father, refers to the gift or baptism of the Holy Spirit. He wants to use the law of context as well and to apply that in this verse. The law of context is that when you find a passage of Scripture and there may be two or more possible interpretations, you need to know which one of the several different interpretations is the correct one, then you need to look at the passage in its context. That is, what goes before it and what comes after it. Uh, You don't leave it standing by itself, but you put it in the context in which it's found in the Bible. Now, if you want to take it out of context, then that makes it a pretext. It might mean one, two, three, twenty things, uh, depending on how you want to look at it when it stands by itself, but when you put it in the context of the Bible's um, preceding and and following verses, then you can wind up figuring out what it means. So applying the law of context to the verse, uh, reading immediately what comes before there in verse 38, Peter said unto them, "Repent uh, Repent ye and be baptized every one of you. In the name of Jesus Christ, under the remission of your sins, ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, for to you is the promise, and to your children and all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord God shall call unto him. So Peter was declaring what the verse would tell us the promise is. That's the gift of the Holy Spirit. So the law of context and the law of usage agree, and they determine beyond the possibility of intelligent question that the promise of Acts 2.39 is the promise of the gift of or baptism with 
the Holy Spirit. Now, if, uh, if we see it as a settled fact then, we would read it like this, For to you is the promise, that is, to the people whom he was addressing, who were for the most part Jews, Thus far there is nothing in it for you or me, for we are not there, we are not Jews, but Peter didn't stop there. And to your children, that is to the next generation of Jews, or if you will, to all coming generation of Jews, and that doesn't take in many of us as well, but we are thankful to God that Peter didn't stop there. He said, and to all that are afar off. And that does take us in, for we are the Gentiles who were once afar off, but are now made nigh by the blood of Christ. We find that in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13. But lest there be any doubt, Peter does not stop even there, but adds, even as many as the Lord our God shall call unto him. And that's the call not merely, merely to service, but it's a call to salvation. So, in plain words, the meaning should be unmistakable. The gift of the Holy Spirit, or baptism of the Holy Spirit, is for every child of God in every age of the church's history. It's the birthright of every believer in Jesus Christ. It's true that not every believer has claimed his birthright, but it is his promised by God and provided by God through a crucified, risen, and ascended Savior. If you've not claimed your birthright, it's your own fault. You may claim it today. And so, R.A. Torrey, rights of the Holy Spirit, who he is and what he does. And uh, you can even find that uh, possibly still in print. It's a very small book, uh, but uh, it may still be in print. I'm not sure, but probably it is. R.A. Torrey's books uh, have stayed in print, stayed in print, and stayed in print uh, for many, many uh, now generations. Uh, So uh, you may be able to find it in your local Christian bookstore uh, in a reprint edition. Let's go to prayer, shall we? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your wonderful, wonderful, wonderful goodness, grace, mercy, and love. Thank you for loving us when we were not lovable. And yet you loved us. And for calling us when we did not know you. Thank you for your working in our hearts and lives. Thank you for salvation through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, Father, we've got a a day before us here on this Tuesday that requires that we put the shoulder to the wheel and work on things that are important. Help us to distinguish between those things that have great importance and those things that are just important. And help us to get those things of great importance done. Lord, I acknowledge before you and before those that would be with us today that oftentimes I do not set my priorities correctly, and I need you to help me do that. I need your direction on priority setting, and I thank you that you offer it to me. Lord, we love you. We want to be useful in your service. 
Make provision for us and for this ministry, we pray, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.